Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for June 19th, 2022, the second Sunday after Pentecost in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you today? I am fine. Thank you. Dude. Good, good. Fine is good. Fine is better than not fine. Uh, not fine. Yeah, I believe that's the hierarchy. That's how it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, we're 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 into the season after Pentecost, and uh, we we just had a uh, uh, literally before we hit record, we had this uh, this uh, 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 intense powwow as to how we were going to approach uh, the season after Pentecost because uh, we do have uh, literary options. So if you're not, if you're not lectionary, um, lectionary, <laughs> literary, there it's both. It's, it's both. both. It's both. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, lectionary op- options uh, for the readings uh, in the season after Pentecost. So depending on whether or not you uh, choose to worship with, uh, Holy Family, you might actually get completely different readings. Yeah, if you because, go to a different parish. Yeah, uh, there there are there are essentially two tracks, and we had this conversation uh, um, about um, this time every year. Yeah, about this time every year, and you had said generally one of the tracks is like going along in a specific book or like a like a, a prophetic book, a deeper dive uh, into one book. Yeah, yeah and, and kind of going along. And this year it doesn't look Not like so much. I don't think I neither track does that. Yeah. Uh, 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 so is that like uh, in, in, in generally speaking, is that like the like uh, intentional? Is there like a, a theological approach uh, that, that like are we still getting like one of these tracks is kind of still following along this idea of like oh I'm going to take one through line or like one one concept and and continue it all the way through the season or are we Probably. just going to bounce around? Probably we'd have to see. We have to see. Do do we know which track we chose? Yes. We, <laughs> okay. We chose the one. We chose the track that is anchored in whatever the gospel reading is. Okay, cool. Okay. okay. And the other track, yeah, it will run through various – my bet this year, looking at how much it jumps around, like you just said, it's probably thematic. Thematic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, but yeah, that's uh, one of the hidden thi- things behind the scenes. Uh, so, uh, like this year, th- this week um, – <laughs> We've just been making some sauce. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, this week we'll you'll have a uh, reading from Isaiah uh, out of Holy Family, and it's entirely possible though that if you go to another parish, you'll get a reading from the first book of Kings. That's right. Um, uh, and both are great. Uh, actually, the, the can't go wrong either way. The the, the uh, I'm a little I'm a for this week. This uh, I, I will only say it for this week. I'm a little disappointed only in that I really do like the stories that come out of the books uh, book of Kings. Uh, first and second kings it there, is a good set of stories there's there, there's a lot of really uh um amazing accounts is okay i'm just gonna say this and i'll look stupid saying it is that the one that is it somewhere in kings where there's the woman who puts a tent peg through a guy's head i believe so yeah that's what i thought i think that's i want to say second kings though okay uh but yeah um so that's just a good for instance, right? Exactly. I, I also like the 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 story of uh, the guy who was like uh, got his head stuck in a tree. That was that's, that's a good one. That's a that's a good one too. Um, no, does, these are not stories not from the book of well. Apocrypha. Yeah, these are not the stories from the book of the Apocrypha. These are these are you know these are Old Testament readings, yeah. uh, which are. Uh, Kind of, I'm going to say it, fun, uh, kind of a little bit of fun. In sort of a diehard kind of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so it's entirely possible you would get the story of uh, Ahab and Jezebel uh, yeah. uh, in First Kings uh, at, at another parish, which is which is great. <laughs> or you can just read it on your own. <laughs> but let's face it, your, your priest isn't going to preach on that one anyway. So, it, you know. What does it matter? Uh, but but no, it uh, uh, it, it is it is kind of a, a an interesting thing to to make note of because uh, periodically throughout the year there are instances like that, but only really in the season of Pentecost there are season two, after Pentecost. Yeah, a season after Pentecost. <laughs> Couldn't reason. Goodness, uh, there are two distinct tracks. Yeah, like two distinct distinct. And that's options. actually the technical term for it. Tracked? Track, yeah. yeah. Track okay. one or track two? Uh, side B or side A? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go on the B side. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, so <laughs> that's uh, that, that's the the thing for, for us uh, here at Holy Family. And uh, 
what the other things that we'll have going on other than uh, election, electionary readings that you might not get at some other parishes. We've got um, our summer schedule is, is in full effect now. Uh, and uh, upcoming, we've got uh, at the end of the month, uh, the youth group mission trip, and we've got a, a movie of social conscience uh, coming up at the end of the month. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what day I want to say it's a Wednesday, Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday? it's usually Wednesday. Uh, so that would be the 29th. Yes, that's it. Um, and uh, um, lots of other. Um, the watching fireworks on Spark Fisher's Day. Spark. Spark? No S? No, no additional S. S at the end? Are you I sure you don't correct. want to throw it in there? I think it should be there, but. <laughs> Yeah, who wants to go to a festival with one spark? No, it just doesn't make it, sense. It's just not noteworthy enough. You need multiple sparks. And if I'm <laughs> on my soapbox, which clearly I, I want to know at the moment. I, I want to know at home who's itching. Right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it, since it's it starts with an S, Spark Fishers, starts with an S, ends with an S. I think there should be another S in the middle. Sparks Fishers. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I was trying to put another S in the word sparks. And I was like, I don't know how that works. Spass rocks. Spassers. Okay. I got you now. Sparks, Fishers. I understand where the mind would go. It just flows so much better, but. Yeah, we do have, we we do have our, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, the town's version of 4th of July uh, festival, uh, but spark Fishers. uh, And that's. Is it is it is it, is it that same week? Is it the week prior to the fourth of July? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the twenty fifth. So that's a real busy, busy week. Yeah. yeah. Very busy week. Very very. But yeah, it'll be a lots of fun. Well, uh, you'll we'll have at least one food truck. Very yeah. cool, and well, a, a pretty decent view of the fireworks uh, from, from over here. Decent view. Um, We're not so close that your ears hurt, but you still get a bit of a shock wave. And the you, thud, the thud yeah. in the chest, and um, <clears throat> except for the very lowest, almost dead fireworks, you see them all, and mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. their glory, all their glory. Uh, none of, uh, yeah, that's it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. The food and truck alone is. We have bathrooms. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Flush bathrooms. It's fair. It's fair. It's yeah, a fair point. Those of you with children will know that's a big advantage. It's a real big advantage. Uh, 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 years ago, uh, back when the trees in Sun Blessed Farms, where I live, uh, were short enough, uh, I would go up on the second uh, story of our uh, of our roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, facing that direction and be able to see just fine, and it was great. Uh, now it's not so much. Not so much, uh, and I think my wife is happy that I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I got some weird looks from the neighbors. They were like, uh, "All right, well, that's your roof." <laughs> I I I think one of them was like, "Jump, uh, no, uh, <laughs> do it." Uh, um, but uh, but no, it 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 is a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of good things uh, to to look forward to. As always, as I say every week, go to holyfamilyfishers.org to see what all is going on. I'm sure I have forgotten something or neglected to say something. But uh, I'm just going to go off on a tangent now. Oh, Holyfamilyfishers.org. Yep. You will not find our family story of during the summer of love in San Francisco. Okay. We lived in Berkeley, across the bay, mm-hmm. and the Jefferson Airplane had to work on a new album. They had to get out of the city mm-hmm. to stop, <laughs> probably get away from the drugs, among other things. So they rented the house across the street from ours. Oh. And so we literally fell asleep, my brother and I, to the music to the of the Jefferson Airplane. Of... My brother's four years older than I. He also spent some evenings... On the roof over the second story because he could see Grace Slick. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, we don't get that here in Indiana. No. Uh, <laughs> we have a decent amount of musical talent that comes out of here, but yeah. it, that's the phrase. It comes out of here. Uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't get out on a second floor roof to see John Cougar Mill again. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I'd maybe. listen. I'd listen. Yeah, but I yeah, wouldn't yeah. have to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, vision vision not required. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of vision not required, I suppose uh, that's that's a phrase that I could uh, uh, dovetail into uh, uh, this week in church history because I I wasn't around for any of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Segway complete. Segway complete. 
from the <laughs> tangent. Uh, so uh, this this day in church history, which is uh, again uh, June nineteenth, uh, where you start today in uh, one thousand twenty seven A.D. Okay. Uh, uh, it is at least it, this is done in parentheses traditionally, so uh, uh, which usually it, means it ain't true. Yeah, <laughs> well, it means like it's the day that we think it happened, probably, and oh, we that's celebrate. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it sees the death uh, in Fabriano, Italy, of uh, Romald, uh, a man who uh, was shocked at seeing his father kill another man in a duel. He became an abbot, abbot, and went on. To found several monasteries in Italy and eventually also the very strict order of uh, Camaldoli. Um, no, I'm not uh, sure I'm familiar with uh, that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not big up on the uh, the Italian. It sounds more like a, 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 a Camaldoli is maybe like a, a, a wonderful a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a kitchen uh, instruction uh, organization. Uh, he was so strict that his monks actually rebelled against him. <laughs> And smeared him as, with lies, but his own father, the man he's who killed, killed another guy. man and sent him down this path, uh, followed his example and became a monk as well. That's that's kind of a fascinating story. Kind of a, that's what I thought. Uh, we zoom forward to 1497. Uh, Girolamo Savonarola. Oh, wow, Ooh, I butchered that. Publishes a letter against uh, his recent excommunication, saying it was fraudulently obtained and arguing that the judgment against him is null and void, which I find fascinating that it's even noteworthy. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're excommunicated, don't doesn't everybody disagree? Like, <laughs> isn't that often often the case where you're like, I kind of disagree with your assessment here. Thank you very much. So the fact that it's noted in this day in church history, like, hey, on this date, this guy objected to other people saying, you got to go. <laughs> I, okay, my or my first My Python quote for a while. <laughs> so far today. It was a fair cop. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, I did the things. Yes. I deserve it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, in 1530, Martin Luther writes from Coburg uh, to his son Hans, telling him of a glorious garden to which he will be admitted, but only if he behaves well, <laughs> <laughs> learns his lessons, and says his prayers. <laughs> Again, another thing that I'm like, I'm, I understand that it deals with the church, but is it that noteworthy? But it's kind of funny because yeah. it's like, this is now known that... <laughs> Poor Hans received, like, it was penned a letter on this day, like, hey, uh, you better behave or you won't get the good things. Yeah. <laughs> a story that we all tell our children. <laughs> but was, Mar was Martin Luther referring to heaven or something on earth? You know, I presume heaven. Yeah, one presumes. Uh, and imagine, imagine then being the son of this figure yeah. where you, you're penned a personal... Uh, uh, repent and be baptized letter. <laughs> you better watch out. You better not cry because Martin Luther's coming to town. Right, 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 right. And, and uh, he's your daddy. Right, exactly right. So uh, kind, of, kind of interesting there. Uh, 1567, Richard Fitz and several other separatists are arrested in Plumbers Hall, London, holding a meeting under the guise of a wedding. Uh, this will be regarded as a red letter day in the formation of the Congregationalist movement. Oh. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Congregationalist movement, if you Well, if you, if you go to a Congregationalist church on a Sunday, mm -hmm. make sure you wear a wedding dress or a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, 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 fair. No, 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 just kidding. Um, basically, the Congregationalists became known in in United States history as the Pilgrims. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of noted that, that the the the, thank the authority for the date comes from something that's clearly dealing with the, the Pilgrimist movie. Well, thank goodness I was right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, they they wanted to take the the changes that the that were occurring within the Church of England after the Church of England split off from the Roman Catholic Church. They wanted to take the changes further. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the obstacles in the Middle Ages, well, not the Middle Ages, Renaissance, of the movement to break away from the Roman Catholic Church is that there was still a belief very strong in the divine right of kings and mm, okay. in the religion of a country helping to shape its destiny and form its unity. Hmm. So that's why in England at that time, not being agreeable to the Church of England moves was seen as treason. Oh, okay. And okay. so such meetings as was described were you know, conspiracy meetings of people who wanted to overthrow the government, mm -hmm. even though what they were really talking about was how should a church structure be set up? What should be the authority within the church? And we don't want the king as the chief authority figure. That makes sense. I, I, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on this imagery that's in my head. But uh, at this period of time, I would imagine most people, if they're most of the people who are looking to form this congregationalist movement would have been men, right? Probably. They're yeah. certainly the ones who, as the old saying goes, whose history got written down. Because in, in my head, it's kind of like, well, of course you got caught and arrested. And if you were like, oh, no, it's a wedding. Like, all you dudes are here for a wedding. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> are you sure? Yep. <laughs> Where's the bride? Where's the... Um, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe that's just my, my, uh, uh, mentality about uh, things of that period of time that it was like a men's only, uh, uh, wrongfully, I should add, uh, but, a, but, a, but a men's only club, yeah, um, particularly with the Congregationalists, there's a good chance women were not allowed to speak oh, okay. because of the strict use of the Pauline epistles, but, um, they would have been allowed to be in the room. Okay, so maybe 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 their cover would have been a little bit more intact than right. I'm than I'm willing but to give them right. credit for. But you're right; it would not have looked like a Church of England gathering. Gotcha. In terms of the finery of the dress and that sort of thing. Gotcha. We're here for the wedding, <laughs> baloney, <laughs> in the paddy wagon. Um, uh, sixteen twenty-five. Jean Brebeuf, a, Je a French Jesuit priest and missionary, arrives in Quebec, Canada. Uh, where he and he'll be martyred later, martyred uh, while ministering to the Indians around there. Um, 1692, the pastor of the Salem, Massachusetts church suggests to his congregation that the New England Psalm book be used in those cases where, quote, Mr. Ainsworth's translation has tunes too difficult for the church people. <laughs> so, the not the first, but an early. Record of a fight over the hymnal. <laughs> right. Not the first, not the last. Not, not um, 1745, David Brainerd commences his influential journey where he be, when he begins to preach to the Indians at uh, Cross Weekson, uh, in which is there in New Jersey. He has, oh. I think he has a different outcome, it looks like, than uh, Jean Brebeuf. Um 1750 in Massachusetts, a local council meets and recommends that the connection between John Edwards and Northampton Church be dissolved. Uh, Edwards will be dismissed three days later and will preach his farewell sermon on July 1st. I got two more. Okay. Uh, 1787 sees the death in Haddington of John Brown, a Scottish pastor, author of the self-interpreting Bible. Which ah, so what I a have dirt, what a title. I have uh, questions here, but it says about that a Bible with many marginal notes and comparison of one scripture to another. Oh, good. Okay, which sounds so. It's what we would now call an annotated Bible. Yeah, an or, annotated Bible. Yeah, uh, he had been pastor uh, who instruct uh, a pastor who instructed his flock with a fervor that demonstrated he believed what he taught, and he had generously uh, shared his small income. So good on John Brown. Yeah, uh, and then finally in 1910, uh, Father's Day, which we're legitimately celebrating this Sunday. Um, <laughs> Okay, that's an ironic term to use with Father's Day. <laughs> Legitimate? Yeah. Uh, Father's Day uh, conceived by Mrs. John. Wait. What? Is that what it really says? Father's Day. No, conceived. Conceived. Yeah. Yeah. Conceived by Mrs. John editor. B. Todd is first observed in Spokane, Washington. Uh, at the proclamation of the mayor, it will later become a national holiday in the United States. So 1910 saw the first Father's Day. 
And it was soon adopted by the whole U.S. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, kind of kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it started in Spokane, Washington. I would I don't know if I would have necessarily guessed yeah. that. But uh, I don't, it's not like my brain thought like, oh, I thought it would have been Champaign, <laughs> Illinois, surely. Uh, but uh, but still, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 interesting. Uh, we don't Fun we fact. don't we don't mention Spokane, Washington, especially with uh, as as many of these uh, events, uh, historical events that occur. The things that end up getting written down uh, oftentimes are out of the East Coast because of yeah. the, the the period of time of like the establishment of religion and the ch- and, mm-hmm. and, and and the church in the Americas uh, uh, kind of happened co- that side of the coast. So well, the, um, we don't get to mention the English speaking church. Yeah, on the yeah. opposite coast, the Spanish speaking church was having all sorts of fascinating history scandals, successes, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. This source is good, but it it, it yeah. doesn't it it's doesn't all inclusive. it doesn't bring in quite as much from from many of the other established yeah. uh, 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 churches by other nations as well. The, mm-hmm. the, the English are predominant, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a bit of a blind spot, uh, I suppose. They do they do delve, but uh, but not not enough um, from time to time. So, uh, well, with that with uh, with that very thorough. Uh, uh, grouping of uh, events and numerous um, interruptions by myself <laughs> hey which is what we're here for uh let's move to our first reading uh which uh as i mentioned at the top i believe uh will be this week from isaiah chapter 65 verse 1 through 9 and i have to scroll down a mile to get to it because uh, the <laughs> other first uh, optional readings are very long um okay isaiah chapter 65 verse 1 through 9 I was ready to be sought out by those who did not ask, to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. I held out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and offering incense on bricks, who sit inside tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh with a broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day long. See, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their laps their iniquities and their ancestors' iniquities together, says the Lord. Because they offered their incense on the mountains and reviled me on the hills, I will measure into their laps full payment for their actions. Thus says the Lord, as the wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there it, it, there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servants' sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, inheritors of my mountains. My chosen shall inherit it, and my servants shall settle there. Uh, Book of Isaiah, mentioned several times. Three probably distinct authors. This one being the third. Very good. Um, uh, I only know because it's a very high number for the chapter. (laughs) It's a good, solid guess. Uh, so this is the period of time where they're returning, mm-hmm. uh, preparing for and returning probably by chapter 65. I'm not sure if like the whole third, uh, uh, last third of Isaiah is like written chronologically. It starts when they're preparing to come to return to Israel uh, or or the, to the Holy Land or if they're um, already on their Most- way or if they're there. Or, but. Yeah, it it, does, it doesn't come with captions and pictures. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> but today on the or on the morrow we shall yeah. cross the yeah uh, yeah it doesn't but, do that. But it looks like it's uh, that the the third section is after they've arrived. After they've arrived, and they're settling in and things aren't are not perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, about that. Uh, I mean, um, it 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 kind of tracks with as as memory recalls other writings from. Isaiah, and maybe even uh, from the other uh, uh, sections of Isaiah, the first and second sections of Isaiah, so it might be yeah. totally different. But the um, the concept that he uh, that this individual uh, is called to a nation that did not call on my name uh, is kind of a common theme for Isaiah right. of like kind of a, a reluctant prophet in a way. Um, 
not 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 to the tune of like some of the other old testament figures where they get directly called by god and like oh you know like please oh yeah hands is raised yeah the voice is God's, not the prophets. The voice is God's, not the prophets. Okay, yeah, I didn't okay. want you to dig yourself too deep. Oh, well, that I, you, you really should. <laughs> uh, you should always uh, let me dig as deep as I want, and then just pile the dirt on top. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so this is God saying, not the, yeah. not the author, but God saying, uh, which is odd actually. Now that you say that, because yeah. the phrase "Here I am" is almost. Is it always? It's almost always in the context of somebody responding to God. Most often, yeah. Uh, I'm having a hard time thinking of where God might say this phrase. So that's kind of interesting. Well, I am in Hebrew is God's name. Gotcha. So it is used in various places in God's voice to remind the listener of that first self-revelation of God to Moses in the burning bush. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Take us back. So it's not, it's not literally like, uh, because God's name is, I am, uh, the, it's not intended to be a literal translation of God starting off this chapter saying me, me, (laughs) (laughs) but more of the conceptual of it's both. Right. Again, Hebrew is a very poetic language. Um, and so, yeah, it simultaneously is supposed to be me, me, right? Like, like a child crying out, "Here I am!" Gotcha. Find gotcha. me. I'm always kind of like in my head, kind of more envisioning that it's my like the 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 name is more of like a sound that like the second it's more Pavlovian of like when you hear it, like oh God. That's not a bad analysis. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay. Oh, thank you. All right. And uh, we're done. Uh, I had <laughs> my one week. thought. I had my one thought and that's it. Um, You've thrown your perfect game. <laughs> so so this is God saying um, that – God saying that, that the, the, the Jewish people were not current, actively looking for him. That they – At least some were not. And in an indication that they were kind of lost uh, in no, this position they where they were selfish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and therefore it, lost as a result. Yeah, okay. but lost is passive. Gotcha. Selfish is active. Actively, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, wantonly, wantonly yeah. wandering around and, and ignoring. We're no longer enslaved. We're back in the land. We're doing our thing. Not yeah. God's. So, uh, and what? It, there's some very specific yeah. uh, imagery here in the in the fall in the next couple of verses. There after uh, he starts. Um, and it kind of seems as though the language is uh, intended to um, – is, is this relating to like old practices that they'd picked up during captivity by the Babylonians that they, they were continuing? Because it says um, uh, uh, they, they, the people provoked uh, to me to my face continually sacrificing in gardens, offering incense on bricks, which does not invoke any acknowledgement on my part of like – what do you oh yeah he's talking about xyz like okay um sit inside tombs which is not a thing that i would think was normal right right except for the emo kids who you know do it like hang out <laughs> yep. in cemeteries uh spend the night in secret places lord knows what that is uh what, what he's talking about uh eat swine's flesh i get it i get that one Co- you know anti-kosher got yeah. it uh, with broth of abominable things in their vessels, which is like one of the craziest <laughs> phrases I've ever heard. Uh, Very vivid, I think. Yeah what 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 are we talking about here? We are ta- we are talking about people who have gotten back to Israel, back to their homes, and like you say, some practices they've brought with them from Babylonia. Some had always been around, but never. Um, approved, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a a good list of what people could get up to, and so to walk you through them, um, well, first it starts with the theme of they're following their own devices. Yeah, yeah. So and that's not their phones, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I this day, and, I won't this go day there. and age, the the, yeah. the the word probably would not get changed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I was going to say it's prophetic. Yeah, right? Um, well, it is a pro- so, prophetical book. Sacrificing in gardens uh-huh. refers to fertility rituals okay. that people would perform in their own backyards to help a woman get pregnant. Okay. Not of Jewish origin. Gotcha. Picked uh, up somewhere along the way. Yeah. Offering incense on bricks. The only place it was appropriate to offer incense was in the temple. In the temple, right. Yeah. So, but, I mean, is there not some level of forgiveness there? I mean, wasn't the temple destroyed at this point? So Yeah, and so so offerings should not be made until it's restored. Okay, okay. So that so even today in Jewish worship, there's not incense burning. Right, which, even which, Christians do. which is kind of an interesting distinction because one, like I, I could imagine a, a number of uh, religious people, like should the mode of quote unquote proper uh, respect to God for, you know, this traditional act be removed. I have a feeling like a lot of people would be more uh, um, ingenuity driven to kind of recreate it some other way. Yeah. Like for example, uh, uh, not that it's like uh, quintessentially necessary for, for the process of communion. Uh, but uh, when we went through pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, we did have that initial period of time where we weren't quite sure what to do. But we we conducted fully pre-recorded uh, services with, you know, communion, even though we weren't inside the inside the church and there were participants to receive or uh, like. Uh, but. We did not do what which some churches chose to do, some congregations. We did not do the thing of, of sending out prepackaged That's com- true. communion, you know, bread and wine or bread and grape juice usually is what's available commercially. We chose not to do that mm-hmm. um, because part of communion is being in community. It's kind of in the name. I get yeah, it. It's kind of in the I, name. I, I, I get it. So, but yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it's kind yeah, of. So it is. If if it's you interesting, lose... it's interesting. It's just interesting to me that you know, especially when it's like, if this if this building that we're in right now were somehow destroyed, uh, performing our services out in the outdoor sanctuary would be like be perfectly would, fine would be would be next uh so like the idea that like oh no the temple's destroyed no incense then it's kind of well that's a little, a little interesting that in that part that would be because the... they were still fighting the fight of monotheism mm, okay and so if someone's burning incense in their backyard or on a brick um it's out of control as to who they're intending that incense to go to gotcha whereas if it's in the temple it's clear it's going to the one true god okay that makes sense um, sorry, I got a, got sidetracked. No, uh, that, that was part of it. You're what about the uh, sitting in tombs? What is that? Ancestor worship. Oh, okay. Okay. And trying and spending the night in secret places is using is hoping that through ancestor worship you'll get direction for your life. That, okay. Okay. That grandpa will come back and tell you what crop to plant next year and what person to marry and that sort of stuff. Right. Every every year, snap peas. <laughs> When, man to, is tomatoes right <laughs> that's what i say tomatoes can't have enough uh like like i had pointed out eating swine's flesh fairly straightforward right. i guess a concept we still kind of understand and recognize today yeah. uh, uh even those of us who are of non-jewish uh, mm-hmm. uh background um what about the last part is that tied together as well just um, um it, it's tied together the to the broth of abominable things (laughs) abominable 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 yeah yeah in their vessels probably that was either uh it was probably a cream sauce Mm -hmm. made with beef broth Mm. because one of the, the rules of kosher eating is no cheeseburgers that you you don't get to mix the milk of an animal with its flesh. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, no, um, be strong enough. I don't think I, I don't think I realized that that was a, yeah, a thing. That's a thing. Interesting. Yeah. My, my knowledge of, uh, of kosher living is, is exactly. clearly, is clearly very small. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, you know, somehow making a, a piggy stroganoff or something. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Which was a huge sign of identity. Oh, for... For the Jewish people not to eat. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. The, and, and, I was thinking the inverse was... Yeah, okay, I yeah, didn't say yeah, it well. I gotcha. The, one of the primary cultural uh, markers is what is one's diet. And so mm -hmm. by eating in this way that is not of the people of God, you are saying, nope, I'm not a child of God. Gotcha. I'm having my stroganoff. Okay. And since you pointed out that this is God talking all the way through, yeah. um, God is pointing out that some people are saying to God, keep to yourself. Yeah. Don't come near me. I'm too holy for you. Yeah. That's pretty. Uh... Where's the smiting? Uh, where's the... <laughs> well, and, and, I... and zap. <laughs> Flick. Anyone um... else? <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, um, that, that that's that that paints a pretty bleak picture. Then, uh, if if the chosen people uh, have returned to their promised land, and some say to their God and Creator and Deliverer from uh, multiple enslavements at this point, get away from me. Um, I can do it just fine on my own. Thank you very much. I'm smarter than you are. Yeah, um, to this to to this degree is that that's kind of a um, it's kind of a bleak picture, kind of. Yeah, well, and you know, part one of the things that occurs to me is more in the '60s and early '70s, but still, there's various pieces of art of what would Jesus encounter of the human race, particularly Americans, if Jesus came back today, mm. and a lot of it is it. A lot of the critical art is, Jesus, you're just not holy enough. Yeah. You know, why, why aren't you speaking in tongues? Why aren't you, <laughs> why aren't you dressed better? Why aren't you going right. to the proper committee meetings? Um, and so even though people are not likely to say, I'm holier than Jesus, we act that way. Yeah, I, I, I think I have said on more than one occasion to more than one person uh, uh, that... Uh, um, May, probably in a source of at, at a time of frustration that uh, Christ Himself wouldn't be good enough for, for, right. for some of us uh, as as we go through uh, a, a, a time of of you know wanting better or wanting different yeah and uh, um, uh, yeah it's probably true yeah it's so this is this is God saying that in Isaiah <laughs> again one of the great books of the Bible Jesus you're not that you're not as Christ like as I as, yeah. as I as I think you should be. Well, and of and course, I, and, and it does come down to like what you think is what you think was intended to be taught. Yeah, and um, it, it happens over and over in the Gospels where the the holiest people say Jesus is not being holy enough. Right, he's healing on the Sabbath or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, um, I like I like that phrase though. Smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns day all all day long. Uh, God's kind of bothered by this. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, and in verse six, verse seven, seven, um, because they offered incense on the mountains and reviled me on the hills. One of the biggest um, criticisms of the Samaritans, who were the Jews, who were not taken into captivity. Okay. Was that because the temple was destroyed, they rebuilt the um, shrines on the mountaintops. Oh. And there they burned uh, incense. And going going back to uh, um, a, a multi-god faceted Not approach. necessarily multi-god. Okay. But going, getting squiggly about gotcha. a single god. And... Certainly not going along with the idea that incense should only be offered in the temple, which mm -hmm. was destroyed. Um, and so to this day, there is conflict between Samaritans or ancestors of those Samaritans and ancestors of the Jews who came back. Gotcha. Because of this, you, you guys got so off track when the various religious leaders left mm -hmm. in slavery that you know, just forget it <laughs> well uh then i guess that's a, that's a good point because uh, we've talked before about 
how weird that would must have been mm-hmm. just naturally for for uh, the Jews who were left behind and the Jews went who went into captivity having very different experiences and not necessarily one better than the other. Um, if people were left behind, fending for yourself uh, with because they probably took the 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 strongest and the yes. you know so hard you know that that would be hard it just as uh i i would struggle to say which one had it harder um right uh because i guess we don't really have great documentation as to the like how they were treated during their enslaved captivity because they're when where they're getting released it seems seems as though the way it's written to have been more of a benevolent relationship at that point I'm not the, okay. The kings have changed, mm-hmm. and the new king, his political strategy was much closer to what the Greeks and Romans had done would do, which was um, let people keep their culture because they'll be less violent. They'll be better servants of the empire. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, with with that, um, with that relationship uh, and tension relationship it, it and the way that this is written and you pointing out that uh, they because they offered incense on the mountains being specifically uh, tied to the group who was left behind mm-hmm. is this a rant specifically against the Samaritans that part of only that part only that part okay yeah. I wasn't sure if it, it, it that then colors the the, the previous verses and that's a good question yeah, but yeah no this is to say it's it was it was um, basically the first part about stroganoff and things like that mm-hmm. referred to the people who had returned, but gotcha. this part is the folks that you're not off the hook either. Right, right, right. <laughs> Even though all these things talk about the people who came back with bad habits, yeah, <laughs> y'all developed your own. Uh, yeah, you got during straighten that up your act as well, um, which they did not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I guess it does. It, it does make sense uh, that uh, there would still be a source of tension between the groups, because as you pointed out, uh, uh, ancestors of both still don't necessarily get along. And, and, and years and years after this is written, we'll have a gospel story about the Good yeah. Samaritan. Yep. So it's clearly an active uh, uh, division at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And that's Hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. So, um, uh, it, it something that did perpetuate. the The other question that I had, though, uh, just it, my head doesn't wrap around this phrase, and maybe it's a, a, a poorly translated uh, um, uh, line. But in verse eight, as the wine the wine is found in the cluster, um, the phrase cluster would in, indicate to me like we're not really talking wine; we're talking the the potential wine in the form of grapes on the vine? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, I think potential is a very good term to use. Okay. Uh, don't destroy it. It's a blessing. So so I will do for my servant's sake and, and, and not destroy them all. Because yeah. there's potential for... This there, could there, turn around. This is fruit. This is something that we're, you know, we're just, we just haven't... We haven't mashed it up and, and fermented <laughs> it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take all these things and mash them down. <laughs> Um, and let the sugars work. Uh, so, um, okay. So that's, I wasn't sure if there was another meaning behind that because I was, it was a little, the, it's again, a little again, the phrase doesn't quite like, eh, wine is this mm-hmm. cluster of grapes is different. They could, you know, not good old poetic Isaiah. Good. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and again, uh, the way we choose to translate it, uh, yeah. uh, sometimes helps and sometimes doesn't, uh, anything else about this? Uh, passage from Isaiah. Um, just to reinforce what you said, this is near the very end of the book of Isaiah. There's okay. one more chapter after it. So it is, in some ways, the summary of why does God let bad things happen? Gotcha. And it's God saying, I don't let them happen. You do it. Even yeah. though I give you better ideas, <laughs> you think you're holier than I am and won't listen to me. Yeah. Uh, well, then let's move on. Psalm yeah. 22, verses 19 through 28. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my, O help, goodness, O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. 
I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all, uh, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. At the ends of the earth shall remember, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all families, uh, the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. So, um, Psalm 22, what do we know about this psalm? Do we have any historical context for this this writing? This not collection? much, um, in part because, well, no, that's not why. We don't have much knowledge of the original motivation for its composition. Okay. But within Christian history, it's, for many people, the crucifixion psalm. Because in the verses before we get... Uh, this morning, we have the, um, I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my uh, clothes among themselves. Yeah. Okay. For my clothing, they cast lots. It, it was, it's that um, psalm that's used Good Fridays. It's a psalm that a lot of people have even subconsciously running through their minds when they're reading the gospel crucifixion stories. Or they start to read this psalm and the crucifixion story start to run through their mind. So it's almost cross-pollinated. Yeah. I mean, obviously the psalm was written first. So it's right. kind of interesting to wonder, like, all right. So um, that line about casting lots for your clothing, though, is that like, was that was that just a thing? Like, uh, well, that's, this guy's dead. <laughs> well, I, I mean, very, I, I guess I suppose I could see that happening, like. They, Traveler found along the side of the road. Eh, nah, it, <laughs> how big are his boots? Like, it, it's a little worse than a that. rock paper scissors. You can because <laughs> it. <laughs> some historians do say that part of the crucifixion experience was the people crucifying you get to keep anything you brought with you. Oh, okay. So it refers specifically to the Roman guard mm -hmm. that crucified Jesus. <clears throat> And the, the exceptional thing was rather than rip the um, toga, to try to use a term people might understand, of Jesus into three or four parts, depending on how many guards there were, each one getting some of it. They said, no, oh, this is too nice. So we'll toss dice and see who wins. And whoever wins gets the entire the garment because it's mm -hmm. so well made. Hmm. Hmm. Well, the, 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 you know, so was the psalm referring to somebody being crucified then? Uh, like, well, they weren't crucifying yet. Yeah, right. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I was like, that's a little early. Uh, but casting lots is an extremely common activity through the Middle East. A lot of decisions, um, even very crucial ones, were done by casting lots. Mm. It was almost... By Jew, like Jews and others all alike? All sorts of cultures. I gotcha. Um, because it was by chance that something was revealed. And so within some religions, including early Christianity, it was a, an opportunity for God to get a word in about what should happen. Interesting. So you're stepping on something that then uh, um, fascinates me, that we have this almost universal concept of let's let randomness decide. Yeah. And... But then we can't, we really struggle with why bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> Good, well put. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We all agree that certain times in our life we just roll dice. <laughs> yes. And whatever happens, happens. But uh, oh, we crucified uh, God. Right. Darn. Or, or when that brush fire came up and destroyed my home, you know, God, why? <laughs> yeah. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so the concept has been there the whole time, and we still... It's really deep in... And it we, seems to be deep in human nature. And we still just... Uh, we just don't like... Well, I suppose that we... we casting lots are for the things that uh, I suppose we we don't care at the end of the day, what the, the real outcome is. Uh, it, it's not as, it's not, a, it's not like, a, uh, you know, should I live in poverty or live like a king? Let's cast lots and see where you land. It's, it's like, uh, it, it's a know, more, yeah, it's a smaller, more immediate decision. Right. Something that, that people can accept the outcome regardless. Like, ah, well, shucks. Didn't get it. Or they may, they'll respect the outcome even if they don't like it. Right. Right. Uh, the most famous example within the post-resurrection uh, Bible is the apostles casting lots as to who should be the replace replacement for Judas. Right. And so in the early church, at least in the book of Acts, it was recorded that a major decision, they, they narrowed it down to three three people who were qualified, but then rolled the dice to see who it was. Yep. And every once in a while, someone say, you know, that's how we really should do bishop elections in the Episcopal hey, Church. I mean, narrow it down, but then just cast dice. Okay. I kind of, I mean, there's a certain sense. There, there's, yeah. Um, but you have to make sure you narrow it down right. Yeah. 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 So, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. This, this, this psalm. Um, I mean, we do kind of come in at the tail end of the the, the crucifixion kind of language. Right. It, of it, it has shifted um, into God being nice. Kind of, kind of, yeah, the, the the glory and awe yeah. section of the, the the poem, which in a way kind of does it a little bit of a disservice uh, for us to only read this section of it, because uh, as we've talked many times, especially in Hebrew poetry, you have that kind of yin and yang yeah. uh, approach to. Uh, or bless, we often refer to it as blessings and curses, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a kind of a thing like the good and the bad, uh, and and they you can together. tell what the point of the psalm is by how it ends, not mm -hmm. necessarily how it begins. Uh, uh, sort of, sort of. Uh, we we've I suppose that's fair. We've also talked about how uh, sometimes the first, the very first uh, portion of it is is highly informational as far as right. Like, what, what the point and, is because sometimes it it's pretty clear. A happy ending was added onto a song. Oh, okay. That just like, in this case, no. Okay, but that you know, when it's usually when it's like two, just two verses added on. It was like, yeah, this one just it's too gloomy. <laughs> right. I think we did have one of those yeah, uh, like, maybe a month or two ago where it was like, uh, and you know, things shall burn and you all shall repay, but the glory of the Lord shall subside. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Amen. Right. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. That was a, that was, that was the, the, the end was the angry rant yeah. of some, you know, the when, kids better get off my lawn guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this psalm, it, it, by vocabulary and cadence and all, it's, yeah. it's of one voice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we do see this turn. We're, we're there for the turn. And, yeah. and it, it, this, this, uh, um, uh, where the, the the poor shall eat and be satisfied, uh, uh, may your hearts live forever, um, eternal glory and all that. Which also makes it very much part of the theology that Jesus was preaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, a, it's another reason it was a favorite of the early Christian church. Gotcha. Um, anything else about the psalm? Um, well, the big thing, well, I started to say basically, was um, the final verse um, proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. That the Christians have interpreted that, interpreted that as the proclamation of the Bible mm. of the gospel far and near. Gotcha. Is that verse twenty nine or something? Or like thirty one. Thirty one. Okay, so we do we do cut off the ending too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Butcher this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I really don't like when we do. I know, I know. What can, um, what can you do? Well, let's uh, let's read the gospel reading then. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 26 through 39. When they arrived at the country of the, of the Gerasenes, uh, which is opposite Galilee, as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. 
When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gresenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Um, so I guess I don't didn't realize in this story the implication is that Jesus has healed this man several times. Jesus had, or maybe others, uh, others, others had. Um well, is it? So, like, uh, verse 29. Um, I beg you, do not torment me, for Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. That's referring to like, right before they said he... Okay, yeah. so this is a... Like 10 the, seconds The before. man said this because earlier, and I could have put this in the prior, right. prior verse, come out of him. Uh, that, so, so an interesting... Uh, an, an interesting uh, liter literary choice there by Luke. Um, okay, so it had seized him. Um, okay, so he so he had not. Maybe he had not been uh, cleaned at any point in time. It's just the he, he had a he had a legion flare up from that from time to time. <laughs> takes a lot of lotion to get, eliminate one of those legion flavors. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, uh, but I suppose it could be implied that like local holy uh, folks had, had had tried to cast out. Well, in okay, this this is one of these um, stories that occurs in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay. So we have the advantage of being able to compare the three for clarity. And in Mark, it's much clearer that Jesus had just said, Come out. Gotcha. Um, and it is almost like Luke was saying, oh, yeah, I forgot to put that in. Here it is. <laughs> There's a little carrot. Yeah. Like a, like a Hebrew carrot. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Insert. Um, so uh, uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I suppose by context, yeah, they had been uh, cast out before because they're, they're saying uh, they don't want to go back to the into the abyss. So they've they've. Well, that's where they came from. They came from. Okay. That's their place of creation. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm struggling with this one for some odd reason. Um, uh, Be gone. Right, right. <laughs> um, this is a, this is a, so. It's a goofy, not goofy. It's a bizarre story. It is a bizarre story. So, so narratively speaking, what we have here is Jesus uh, going across the Sea of Galilee to the other side and not necessarily, but the way it's written, uh, the first thing he encounters is a naked man mm -hmm. screaming uh, his head off, screaming his head off, uh, possessed by demons. So, uh, um, others had tried a great look to... for the local tourism board. Uh, <laughs> welcome Galileans. Oh God, it's a legion again. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Please yeah. no, pay no attention. Spend your money in our shops. And... <laughs> Well, and one of the juicy little details that Luke has is um, for for 
that they had kept the guy under guard, had bound him with chains and fetters, but none of that worked. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this was powerful come stuff. Come on, or, or try a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, okay, I'm willing to go this far. They never talked to him. Oh, that's entirely possible. Yeah. That man's crazy. Lock him up. And, yeah, chain him. Yeah. He's unpleasant. Yeah. Treat him poorly. I, one can easily see how that would yeah. end up being the case. Um, so, yeah, they, they, um, they, they, the Legion begs not to be cast out, uh, entirely and, and thrown back into the abyss. Right. But yeah, put us in those pigs. You, you're all Jewish. You don't like pigs, right? Uh, put me in those unclean creatures, uh, who immediately then go and drown. Um, one would think again narratively that that means they still went back to the abyss anyways i would think so but it's not clear but yeah i mean that's part of the fun then they possessed the fish well, <laughs> i mean this, I don't know. this is one of these stories that reminds us not to despite the horror movie industry not to think too highly of demons <laughs> Maybe there's a reason. Have you ever wondered if there's a reason you're a demon? Right. <laughs> Maybe your your brother your brother-in-law spirit who went and got a little more educated and became an angel. Please just put me in the middle of the freeway. I'll be able to go anywhere from there. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um yeah, the other thing that that doesn't quite make sense to me as this as the story goes are the 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 herders of the swine like how how is their story not like my pigs <laughs> you jerk <laughs> come on man <laughs> it's like a whole season of a of a what's my wife gonna say <laughs> you know i mean uh these poor i i, I mean i i guess uh it is like the concept uh from the Jewish point of view, like, you know, the only thing worse than eating pigs are the people who raise them. I, I don't know. I mean, what's the, like, are we, are we not to feel bad for these people? That's one of the questions of this story. Right. That, that people have really have um, debated for centuries, because if we take seriously the um, way of holy living, mm -hmm. then some have said, Jesus freed these folks of unholy living. Okay. And and opened up the opportunity for them to do something else. Yeah. And the place... Or condemn them to poverty. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's less comfortable. Well, probably. But what I think it really has to do with is this dramatic action mm -hmm. that caught... That you know, made the swineherds go into town and say... This is just what happened. And then so the townspeople are saying, well, what's the rest of this story? And so encounter the guy who had been possessed by a thousand demons mm -hmm. sitting there fully clothed, fully rational, listening to Jesus. Right. So in some ways, it, having the pigs rush into the sea and be drowned drew the audience to Jesus. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, and I can understand also why he has that almost throwaway line. And they were afraid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Who's, who I mean, else is going as to much as I was scared by the crazy man, <laughs> it kind of freaks me out when the crazy man's not crazy all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, because it became it would be such a normality. Um, well, and think about the dynamic of you know as we're talking here, we are less freaked out by a naked man who's ranting than by a herd of pigs that drown. Yeah. We're willing to accept just terrible conditions some humans have to live under. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't want anyone to mess with our bacon. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's part of the point of this. Um, yeah. Is is to point out is to show us how self centered and sheltered, in a sense, the folks on that side of the Sea of Galilee were living, as anyone 
that Jesus encounters is usually. Is this like the only story uh, from like in the gospel writings? Does he ever return to to uh, Gresenes? I mean, does does he ever go across the the sea again? Yeah. Okay. Um, in some ways, it just sets up walking across the water and okay. things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, and in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this this is part of the symbolism of Christianity needing to spread beyond Jerusalem and the Holy Land. Gotcha. That it is supposed to be an international spiritual movement, not just uh, a regional movement right john gospel of john does that with jesus actually going to samaria and things like that and okay meeting a woman at the well and stuff but this one is the yeah jesus's power goes beyond the borders and can transform lives anywhere in the world and we got to do it yeah we really need a better word for those poor herders of swine swineherds sounds so weird i've always liked that i don't know why really <laughs> Swinerds? Swinerds? Yeah. I'm a Swinerd. I was you know, I was gonna join the Elks. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> um anything else about this gospel reading? It's it's considered one of the the oddest of it is? Jesus's manifestations. Yeah. Of his epiphany of who he is. So it's fine if it strikes us as odd, mm -hmm. but you know, whenever there's an odd thing in the scriptures, that usually means we should sit with it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is one of the few few examples of like uh, uh, the gospels delving into this this concept of uh, uh, angels and demons. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say angels because we have a lot of angel visitations, yeah. but like uh, the the not not too many demons uh, stories. Well, there are various stories of. Of people who are possessed, possessed. by demons, yeah. we usually now talk about them in terms of mental illness. Right. But here, clearly, it is meant to be uh, what we would now call a supernatural power. Yeah. Uh -huh. Since it could go into another living entity. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 this one does not get explained by like, oh, he just wasn't in his right mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unless the story goes, God fixed his mind and then, or Jesus fixed his mind and then broke all the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's the story. That's not the story. <laughs> uh, but it is. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Don't you, don't you, after three years, don't you love doing this? I do. I do. I almost hyperventilate sometimes, but it's still worth it. Um, but it is one of these one of these stories that's supposed to remind us when we when we start too much to think of Jesus sweet sweet meek and mild mm -hmm. that the most powerful forces we can think of the most powerful forces that Hollywood can make movies about Jesus not only defeats but does it easily mm -hmm. and disgraceful I mean the 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 demons asked to go into the pigs, but that really is about the bottom choice they could make. Yeah, that's a, a very. They, they are very humbled in this story. Yes, they are about as humbled as they could possibly be. And as you said, not very bright. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Jesus has this wonderful victory um, that is absolutely wonderfully bizarre. Hmm. Oh, good. Well, with that, I think we'll call to a close this year podcast for, uh, which day is it? June 19th, uh, <laughs> the second Sunday after Pentecost in uh, year C. Uh, again, we encourage everybody to join us in worship, uh, uh, however, however it works for you, 8 and 10 o'clock in person on Sunday. 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live on HFEC videos on YouTube. Uh, and the website for everything going on and everything down in the future and all sorts of links for uh, uh, um, um, good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Sign up activities and all, you know all sorts of things is at holyfamilyfishers.org. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. Don't forget to stock up on bacon before Sunday. You'll be hungry for it. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.